0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
1: Hi, and welcome to the 268th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K Barton Tools. I'm here with my co-host, Diami Palaki of the Penultimate Woodshop. So, Diami, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. And it would appear that after 268 episodes, you ran out of people who would be willing to be on our show. Too many people must have listened.
1: I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's just us today. So, oh, well, we got some exciting guests coming up, though. But uh, anyway, so what have you been up to, Deami? Um This is right up every woodworker's alley, backpacking. <laughs> of, course, of course. Of course, yes. Um,
0: I, won't, uh, I won't go to the boring details, but um, since May, we've been planning the first backpacking trip for our Boy Scout troop, and it's actually taking place in two weeks. So we're hmm. in the final throes of it, and um, it's more work than I thought it would be. <laughs> But uh, it should be a good time. Um, good, but good. Besides that, since I was last on, I have actually gotten a little bit of work done. Um, longtime listeners will remember that I paused working on the entertainment center because we were building a fence. And I never got around to completing the, uh, the fencing on, let's call it, the south side of my house. I, I framed the gates and hung them, but I hadn't actually mm-hmm. installed the I don't know what your the posts? No, they're not posts, yeah. they're slats, the fence slats.
1: Oh. You had the posts installed just between exactly. the I had between I, the posts.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I literally had the frame of the doors hung and swinging on hinges, yeah. just no slats attached. Um so I installed those slats. So now now the fence is functional. I still have to cut the posts down because they're um there's too they're too tall. I need to cut them so they're less than the height of the fence. And you need to install a pull mechanism so you can open it from the other side. But right now, it it closes, it latches, and it keeps the dogs in the yard. So we've moved on to other things at this point.
1: <laughs> that's all that's important.
0: It really is. But yeah. um, I get a get, kick out of it because when I'm doing the gate, I take the slats and I'm not going to, you know, they never line up perfectly. And I'm not going to take mm-hmm. all the slats, all the spacing off one. So I try to take two or three or four and take a little bit of, off each so that to the to the naked eye, you don't really notice that. They're trimmed to make it fit. And I end up using my bandsaw and my joiner to do that. And I always get a kick out of running these really crappy CCA <laughs> slats, or ACQ, I guess they are, um, yeah. over the joiner. But it, it does nice.
1: Yes, yes. I'm sure every uh, fence installer in your area has a joiner.
0: Exactly. You know, it's it's a
1: pain because
0: those 8-inch those joiners are heavy. And you get terrible I, gas mileage with one in the back of the truck. But, you know, it's a tool to trade. <laughs>
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, um What have you been up to? I hear you're uh, you're drilling holes and guiding drill yeah, bits. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I've been up to. Um basically, so I've been working on uh, a secret project which I can't talk about except just to say I'm working on a secret project. More later. It's, it's um, not so secret. Yes, but um but I've also uh, been working on a um boring jig so it's basically to uh bore holes in um your seats for legs spindles arm post and uh it kind of works off the same principle of my um a stretcher jig using a rod in bearing and it's really accurate and uh i've gotten some good results but actually putting it together even though it's much simpler in a concept somewhat than the stretcher jig um it has been a little bit of a bear to uh, come up with the right design and then getting the right height and uh, so forth. I have become really adept at the table saw of cutting (laughs) apart joints (laughs) because I'll glue something up and go, no, that's too low or that's too high. And I'll have to, well, usually if it's too low, you're kind of stuck. But if it's too high, you know, I got to cut apart the joint, shorten up the piece a little bit and uh, rejoin it together. Now the the,
0: uh, the stretcher jig.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: is all going to go over so well in audio, but the stretcher I jig, know. I absolutely understand how it works. Is that yeah. your your pivot bearing? Let's call it, or do you have a better name for it?
1: What's, it's uh, the technical term is rod end bearing.
0: Okay, your rod end bearing is yeah. um, its distance from the bottom of the seat is. The center is centered on the distance from the center of the stretcher from the bottom of the right. seat. So once you have that height set and marked on the corresponding leg, it's de facto uh, plumb, I guess, or horizontal, or however you want to call it. It's or lined up If it's at an
1: angle, you got that angle already exactly. exactly, and it works. Yeah,
0: with uh, with a leg when you're when you're drilling out for the leg, is the advantage of using this jig that you can set like. Um, compasses or something against it and and mark it. like how is it yeah i don't
1: that that's a real good point so um so basically um you're drilling straight down and using a rod end bearing so the rod end bearing kind of locks the pivot point in place of your of your drill bit and, well, your drill bit's actually mounted to a uh, extension, so it locks that in there. So you got a set pivot point. So to get your angle that you want to drill in, I've found three ways so far to do that. Um, the first way is simply with a bevel gauge, and just put that up against your drill bit till you got it at the right angle, and then clamp clamp uh, this uh, this jig down to your seat, and you're right there at that angle, and you can drill it. Um, the other way. Um, hey, hold on we'll one second, guy.
0: before we get on the other way, let's talk yeah. about that one for a second. That's essentially yeah. you would do that same thing with the drill. However, if you're doing it right with the drill, you pull mm. the bevel gauge out of the way so you're not catching it in the drill, and now you're kind of just going by muscle memory and free handing it, and you you run the right. risk of getting or, off. Whereas this yeah. locks it at that angle once you're set.
1: Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. So if you're not using the jig, you're using bevel gauges and squares to get make sure you're at the right angle and plumb. And usually you're using mirrors so you can glance down and see it reflected so you can keep everything uh, uh, at the right angle. Um, this eliminates the use of mirrors and having the bevel gauges around. All you really need to do is, is use a bevel gauge to set that angle. Once you've got that angle set, you clamp this fixture down, you're done. Now, take that bevel gauge away.
0: Can yeah. is there a way to reference the hole location to the bottom of the jig so that when you you know if you mark wow. where the hole goes Here in the you- leg, you slide the jig right up. Now you're you're guaranteed to hit that angle, and you don't need the bevel gauge for the for the corresponding three legs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're you're way ahead of me. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's exactly right. So once you have everything set up for the first hole, now most chairs I'm looking at Windsor chairs is the front legs and the rear legs are usually at the same angle. Same thing applies to arm posts and some spindles. Um, so once you have everything locked down for for um, for one leg, let's say use that as the example, then you can simply mark at the base of this. Uh, of this jig um where the tower is um just mark at the base of that and there's actually i've actually inlaid a little place for a center line there Mm -hmm. but you can mark at the base and you can either use a pair of dividers or just measure that distance so when you go to the other one you don't have to worry about exact to your point you don't have to worry about the bevel gauge or anything you just measure that distance from the hole um from the hole out Mark it there on your sight line, and you can place a jig right there. Boom, you're done.
0: Cool, cool. What would yeah. be really nice is if you had some sort of um, center block pre-made that you centered over the hole, and then by sliding the jig to some, like, maybe, I'm thinking anodized etched aluminum rules that are embedded yeah. into the jig, you could line it up without needing dividers.
1: Okay. You know, did,
0: put these two lines did, together for a 15-degree angle and these two for a 14 or I don't know what the angles are, I'm making numbers up, but
1: Yeah, no, 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 that that's good. And and are you sure we haven't had this discussion before we got on the podcast? Uh,
0: I I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. Because, I'm just. I'm. I'm able to come up with these ideas, Kyle, based on my w- wealth of knowledge and history of making Windsor chairs.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're exactly right. So the the way I built this jig is basically around a a, a one, two, three block. Um, okay. Setup block because I use them all the time. So the you know who doesn't?
0: doesn't? I'm sorry to yeah. be a non sequitur. Ben Strano doesn't use them all the time.
1: <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry, but go, please go okay. on. Anyway, you can get them cheap too. I mean, you can get fancy ones that cost hundreds of dollars, but you can get something that'll get you by for like twenty bucks, if that. But anyway, so it's set up around a, a one-two-three block. So um, basically, the the jig, and like you said, this translate great into audio. But see my Instagram feed. Um, but there's there's this tower piece, and it's attached to two runners, and those two runners basically allow you to clamp the jig to the seat, and that's a whole reason for the runners. I did a bunch of different designs of this jig, and that seemed to be the best way to clamp them down at any angle you were going to drill, but the distance between those two runners is exactly two inches, so you can take a Oh, there you go. You can take. uh, Well, Diami is just showing me on camera one, two, three, four block. I guess he, you know, upgraded from a. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I have a one two four block. Yes. Well, you can use you can use a one two three or one two four block, and that will lack uh, that will center the jig onto your line. Now, what I'm also in the process of developing is a uh, it's a little uh, setup block. That actually has angles on it. Oh, cool! So okay. you so you can use that to actually set the angles to the hole. Um, so um, that's something I'm I'm actually working on this weekend. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I kind of made up a prototype. It seemed to work well. Uh, now I'm trying to get a good way to transfer the angles onto a a uh, a setup block without having to resort to you know. Um, Outsourcing that because that's when it starts getting expensive. So, I've got a couple of things I'm going to try <laughs> okay. to, and see and see what it is. If not, I'll have to outsource it. Now, the other way to do to set the angle, and uh, I found this out. This is like one of those things when I just uh, woke up one morning and went, "Wait, that would work. Why don't I try that?" Is you can actually get one of those. Do um, uh, you have one of those electronic bevel angle? I do uh, not blocks. have
0: one of those. I know exactly what you speak yeah. of, but I don't have yeah. one. I don't trust electronic Wexley,
1: things. Wexley makes one. A whole bunch of people make them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can yeah. actually put one of those onto your extension and just move it back and forth and lock it in, and that works really well too. Oh,
0: okay, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, so you got sense. an extension going all the way up through the um, uh, through the rod end bearing. You can just put one of those uh, gauges on that rod end bearing or on that extension and just as you move your extension back and forth it tells you what angle you're at so and i don't know i'm playing around with it i think the setup block is probably going to be the one of the easiest for for people to uh, grasp unfortunately the setup block uh, requires a little bit of some engineering i gotta make sure i'm probably gonna have to Uh, Put a groove in the setup block and put kind of like a little ledge that will actually rest on the runner because you can get some instances where the runner is extended past the seat. Mm -hmm. And if you just had a setup block, it would tend to fall off. (laughs) So you need a way to, you know, at least secure it uh, from gravity. So, Can you
0: get setup blocks out of steel? Could you put a magnet in it?
1: Yeah, but then you'd end up putting having to put magnets into the wooden runners to keep it there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all, that's all possible. But we're talking. I want to sell this for a reasonable price. Oh, fine.
0: <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> See, I thought I thought the fact yeah. that this was a jig that eliminates the need for mirrors and therefore opens up Windsor chair making to vampires would be enough of a reason for it to sell well, regardless of price. Because where right. else can a vampire get a jig to make a Windsor chair?
1: I would hope so. I would hope so. But uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. I need to. Uh, unfortunately, my market's re- relatively small. Now, if I only catered to vampire Windsor chairmakers, I think my market would even be uh, smaller. <laughs> 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 but but I like the way you work the vampires in. And, you know, it well, the, is the season.
0: The second you mentioned the mirror, that's where my mind went.
1: Who? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that actually make it might make it easier for vampires. They wouldn't see themselves in the reflection. I don't know. Yeah, I,
0: well, I, I guess would you see? Would, okay, they don't see their face, but if their hand was like holding the bevel gauge and would obscure the view in the mirror, would their hand disappear? So maybe, maybe, yes. maybe vampires are the mirror advocates. Maybe they don't need your jig. I don't know.
1: It Definitely <laughs> could be. Definitely could be.
0: We we'll have so. to get a vampire on the show. A, Aven- <laughs> a vampire winter chairmaker on the show. <laughs>
1: But, uh, but so, yeah, so, so far I've come up with three ways to set the, uh, to set the bevel angle. Um, that's excellent. And
0: it sounds like you could use one way for the first one and then repeat it on the others.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I want to do. Hey, you set it up for the first one. You, you make your mark at the base of the jig across your sight line, measure that distance, and then you're able to transfer that to the next leg. And
0: can I ask a question as a, as a Windsor chair virgin? Do you set the front and rear legs to the same angle?
1: No, no. The front, the front legs will be at a standard angle, let's say fifteen degrees, and the back and the back legs could be at another angle, um, say twenty six degrees. But both the front legs will be at the same angle as well as the back legs. Now, when I say that angle, we're talking about a resultant. Uh, we're talking about a resultant angle off the sight line. Of course. So, That's, what other yeah. angle would we be talking about? Exactly. Well, just make make sure. So if none of this makes sense. Then I would ha- highly recommend uh, a chairmaker's notebook by Pete Galbert. It's a great book, Lost Art Press book, and it's the ABCs of how to make a Windsor chair and talks all about sight lines and resultant angles and whatnot.
0: I actually have a signed copy of that book.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I'm embarrassed to say I've never opened. I got it. At, uh, I, got, I got. I bought Pete's last copy of it at Fine Woodworking Live this year.
1: Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Anyhow. Well, yeah. Now, the other great thing about this jig, and this doesn't apply to chairmakers, is anyone can use this jig. So if you need some way to make repeatable holes, whether they're at 90 degrees or any other angle on any piece of furniture, and it's something that's too big or too cumbersome to move to a drill press, this is your jig.
0: That is a really yeah. good point. Um, yeah. How... I was gonna ask how small a piece you could do you could use it on, but if it's small you're gonna bring it to your drill press. Yeah. Um now if okay, like I am reluctant to adjust the table of my drill press out of ninety. It lives at ninety, I know it's at ninety, and I trust that it'll stay at ninety mm-hmm. if I don't touch it. Right. Would it be you know would you're it be, talking about
1: adjusting the table?
0: Exactly. To, yeah. to drill a an yeah. angled uh, yeah. an angled hole. Would it be any faster to use this? Assuming that it's a moderate sized piece that I could yeah. do on the drill press or with the or with the jig, would the jig be any faster, or it would just be a different way to do it?
1: It would be a different way to do it. It would probably be faster if you don't if it if most people are like you and don't move their table very often, and you got to go. Okay, how does this table actually move? What do I need to lo- loosen? You know, do I have to break out the owner's manual? Yeah, this would definitely be faster. Could you um, clamp? You-
0: I'm, I'm sorry could you clamp yeah. the jig to a vertical surface
1: yes in fact uh that's one of the other aspects of this uh of this uh jig i've developed is you can use it in the horizontal position to bore so um and i have um and I, you know here in a week or two i'll come up with some demo videos i'll i'll post, but. Um, it may be a little bit longer than that, but um, but yeah, that's one of the things I've tested. Is I've actually clamped this in my face vise and drilled horizontally into um, – I used it on a um, crest rail to drill the spindle holes that go into a crest rail. But you could use it for other applications too. Okay. Yeah. So it could make a good horizontal – well, it could. It does make a good horizontal boring jig.
0: So I could get rid of that um, that horizontal mortising machine. I was kidding.
1: Just well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to use dowels instead of mortises, but I thought you had a domino.
0: I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but that you. I think that's the the genius of these is not just that they make. The winter chair making easier because I I, yeah. mean, I love you, Kyle, but that is such a little a niche. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that when you really start to think about how they're used, it opens up to many different things. Yes. Um, and perhaps this cannibalizes products and isn't a direction you want to go. But is there a way to combine your two jigs?
1: No, not really, um, because the stretcher jig actually fits into a, a leg hole, and there's really no way to, to combine that functionality, um, But um, and, and that's really unique. But I think this one—this this jig, yeah, I think it definitely has, has some wider appeal, um, and I think it could be used for— Probably a lot of things I'm not even thinking about, but I'm sure. Hopefully, that users that that get it will find uh, different solutions that they'll post about. But yeah, there's, you know, um, you know, my stretcher jig kind of came to me and was kind of revolutionary. And thought, hey, this is a real game changer. When you start looking at all the things this can do, it's kind of another game changer. And you know, it's a lot better. Well, not a lot better. It's magnitudes of times better than have you seen those drilling jigs uh i don't know a couple of people they're they're uh, they're cheap drilling jigs that you can take to your work and you can clamp it down and it's got like a separate chuck on it and you kind of chuck your thing in you know what i'm talking about i think Miles i will preface this one. by
0: saying i haven't used it in my current house which i've lived in for 14 years but i do own one of those <laughs>
1: Well, if you've owned one of those, which I did way back in the day too, because I, when do I need a drill press? I can just get one of these. Uh, No,
0: I, I, I I thought, I actually had a drill press first, I think, but I I thought it would be a good idea for bringing the drill to the, to the equipment, you know, when you can't fit the piece on the drill, drill press. Um, And I want to say mine, Bevels so I could drill angles. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do bevel, but they're not very accurate. They're hard as hell to set up. And And they're not not
0: made on the coastline of Texas.
1: No, they're made on a different coastline. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but no, so yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, and I went down, you know, before I made mine. I went, well, is anyone making a decent one of those? And there is a company that is making a decent one of those. It's uh, a company out of Japan, of all things, but it's like uh, hundred and thirty dollars for it, or something like that. And it's like, whoa. Well, okay. And
0: it, if it's and it done well, do things- that oh. doesn't strike me as unreasonable. And I'm assuming, and yeah. deservedly yeah. so, but I'm assuming your jig will be at least that much, no?
1: No, no, uh, it should be, it should be cheaper than that. Oh. Um, You're selling yourself yeah. short, man. Yeah, but, but the the thing about the one that, uh, that I found is it's really good at drilling 90 degree holes. It's not good at drilling anything other than 90 degree holes. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, they, you know, if you need to, if you need to take your, your drill, I think there's some metalworking drills that have like magnets and stuff melt, meant for metal working and stuff that'll drill 90 degrees but those are a little bit more expensive like in the thousand dollar neighborhood plus okay. yeah
0: hmm.
1: but yeah yeah the, the the Japanese one I found you know when it drilled angled holes it was just it was a, a mess to set up but anyway but primarily it was strictly for 90 degree holes
0: and Windsor chairs don't work with many 90-degree holes, do they?
1: No, I can't think of a 90-degree hole in a Windsor chair.
0: Maybe you can be the first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I say that, and I'm sure there's something out there. Uh, there's something. There's all kinds of uh, interesting Windsors. I noticed uh, lately on Instagram, uh, people are starting to get excited about these uh, Windsor chairs that have the um, big writing. Uh, area on the. Oh side yes, of yes, them. yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 Yeah, and some of them have like a little drawer underneath the seat to.
0: Do they come with a writing? feather to write with? You,
1: know, you would dip hope. In the ink? You would hope, but um, they may have a ninety degree hole somewhere in there, but I doubt it. So, but.
0: Just uh, does, does the writing desks have any negative to it? Like I'm thinking it's. It's not a desk per se, and I guess if you just Mm. jot off a little note by hand, it's probably not a bad surface. But it strikes me as an impractical writing surface. But at the same time, is it in the way? Does it really cause any negative? Is there any harm? Like, is it just a no harm, no foul? It's kind of a neat design?
1: You know, I don't don't really know. I'm not a a student of the uh, Windsor writing desk. I've just uh, seen pictures. I haven't really done any in-depth reading on what they were used for. Um, but you know, they're similar to, you know, like, um, uh, I guess those little writing pads that, that, uh, come out of, uh, some seats, you know, like in college or some auditoriums mm-hmm. that are made yeah, for, 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 lectures and you want to take notes and they have those little side, uh, um, desk things that'll fold over. So I, I would say probably pretty much the same application as that, okay. but I could be totally wrong.
0: Well, this is just, you know, yeah. the way my mind jumps from one topic to the other. But mm-hmm. I think if you remember the auditorium that they do the um, the morning lectures in African mm-hmm. Woodworking Live has those fold out desks you're describing. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should boycott the event in twenty twenty unless they remove the stadium seating and <laughs> fill it entirely with Windsor chairs outfitted with built in desktops. So uh, boys, if you hear that and, and ladies, um, yeah. fine woodworking staff. If you hear that, uh, that is our um, th- the gauntlet has been thrown. Yes. So uh, please, that is our expectation, uh, and you you don't want to disappoint us.
1: And I'm sure there are a lot of chairmakers out there that would support that goal <laughs> as long as you buy from from them or a group. Like I, you
0: them. know what? There are enough <laughs> attendees. They they will need enough of these. I think they could probably support multiple winter chairmakers.
1: Exactly, they could. They could that would that would be hilarious though oh anyway so
0: but the 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 long and short of it is the uh you're continuing to develop new and interesting jigs yes um your i'll let the cat out of the bag your secret project is a time machine so you're going to be able to have sold <laughs> these for the last 20 years and and really retire well and um you've got uh I'm assuming that sales are going well on the one you've already created, and people are happy with it. Yes, Uh, the little the feedback, the little feedback. I'm sorry, I don't follow Windsor Chairmakers the way you do, but the, the people who I have heard who have it seem to love it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I've gotten I've gotten a lot of good feedback, um, and uh, yeah, I've gotten some I've gotten some new orders. The initial rush, I figured there there might be an initial rush, there was, um, but yeah, I've just I just completed making my uh, second batch of orders and getting those sent out. So,
0: Excellent.
1: yeah. The the only issue I think I brought up a couple of times on the on the on the podcast is you know I got into this to make chairs and you know. Um in a few months it'll be a year since I've made a chair.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. You were making like a chair a week, weren't you? Or at least no, a stool no, a I, week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was making I did make a, a fair share of stools, but yeah, it's 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 been a while. Um wow. since I'll be since caught I, up
0: in like another decade or two.
1: Exactly, exactly. But no, I'm having fun doing this, so so uh that's good. And I'll get back onto the uh the chairs here soon enough. Um,
0: you need to build but. another chair so that you realize the need for another jig.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and that—that's how it happens. You see a need, and you say, "Hey, what can I do to fill this need?" Can
0: you make a uh, a sixteen inch by twelve foot sanding jig?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did someone see a sh- a, a shop tour?
0: Um, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, you're talking about, uh, Philip, Philip Morley's Morley. weird thing where he holds the platen down and moves it. That's, well, that's too high highfalutin for me.
1: Yeah, no, he has another one. That's like a, uh, it's, it, it is like a six inch by 12 foot long sanding drum thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, belt sander, uh, mm. you know, it's, it's huge. It's huge. The, but, anyway. but the
0: problem is I need... I'm in a situation where I need to bring the tools to the wood. Um, this thing yeah. is, I don't have four men and a boy to move this thing around. So mm-hmm. I really need to bring the sander to the wood. And that, that is the issue. As you have been kind enough to point out to me on previous episodes, I do have a drum sander in my attic. Um, but the yes. thought of moving this thing across the drum sander, it's, it's an impossibility. Like, um, it'd be the equivalent of putting this thing through the planer, which I, as I say that, I probably could do it, but um, for the, <laughs> the planer just locks it down and chews through it a lot more aggressively yeah. than the drum sander does.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't well, know.
0: I digress. When you're when you're laying a bit in, in bed at night and can't sleep, I would like you to think of of my sanding techniques and what we can do to improve it.
1: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you just need to uh, put that thing on. on you know, Is it uh, light enough to go on top of on your uh, ladder rack?
0: Um, my ladder rack.
1: Yeah, that's on your uh, on your oh, SUV. Oh, my
0: car. Yeah, I. Yeah. Well, the problem is I would have to remove my ladder rack to fit it on the rack.
1: Oh, really? Um, okay.
0: Yeah, but no, I, I could. Oh, you know, yes, I could fit it on my car. Um, I could put it on the roof. I guess if I took my ladder rack off.
1: Well, good. Then you can then you can cart it to a cabinet shop and pay them enough money to stick it through their drum sander. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they probably wouldn't charge you very much.
0: I bet they wouldn't, but I don't that I trust them. Um,
1: I don't know. It's just a thought. Just a just thought. A,
0: it, and it's a, it's a thought worth thinking.
1: Yeah, because you could probably knock knock the whole thing out in an afternoon, and. Uh, you know, imagine if you tried to do that with a belt sander. Do you own a belt sander? Oh my god, yes. Okay, I figured you did.
0: I own a number of belt it, sanders. A couple of which I'm did. willing to sell or give away. If anyone would like a DeWalt three by twenty-one or a uh, a Porta Cable, even smaller one, the little mouse one from Porta Cable, I find both of them to be useless and I'm more than happy to part with them. But no, I ah. have a I have a big daddy Makita four inch by twenty-six by twenty eight. I don't know. It's the it's a big big belt size mm-hmm. and it is an absolute beast and works like a charm and grinds anything off the surface. Wow. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Everyone should. Yeah.
1: yeah I just, you know, I've seen all your Sanders, but you never have, you know, highlighted any of your belt Sanders. It's mostly all the Festool ones. <laughs> so, but no, no, that, that would be, that would be my advice to you. Find a cabinet shop, run it through their drum sander. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Um, you had a couple things that uh, that you found of interest over the last
1: like 10 yes. minutes, right? Yes, I did. Um, actually, a uh, um, couple of tool things. Um, we'll get rid of uh, the uh, the first one, uh, which is uh, Sauce Top has inter- introduced a new job site pro saw. So, um, this is called a job site saw pro should I say. And, um, it's basically just their portable version. I think they've redesigned it a little bit, made the uh, table a little bigger, but anyone that's interested in, you know, a job site saw, um, should probably take a look at it. It is of course a, a saw stop. So it is a little pricey. I think it's about 1400 bucks, but, uh, if you want that flesh sensing technology, it's only game in town.
0: Mm-hmm. At least so, in the U.S. I've heard yes. that Canada actually has the Bosch Rex.
1: Oh, really? They do, huh? They just had an... Yeah, because they went to court, didn't they? And yes, they, they did. I guess just U.S. court, so... Hmm. Or you can go across the border in Canada and buy I, one I, of their. I
0: actually thought about that, and I was wondering what it would be like to bring it back. It'd probably be illegal to bring it back to the U.S.
1: Yes, but do you think uh, customs officials are going to have that on there? Do not... <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's not I'd i don't know phil pinsky uh please bring me one um but beyond <laughs> that uh, i don't think i'm willing to make the 10-hour drive to the border to find out and get arrested it's really exactly. what it comes down to um so the job site saw is essentially a benchtop saw on a rolling stand right it's not right. it's not the not the contractor saw it's the smaller one
1: Right, right. And it's real similar to the Bosch like, job site. Yeah, it's got it's a that nice, little cantilever.
0: It's a nice saw. And having, working in commercial construction, mm-hmm. I absolutely see the value of it in a commercial shop. Not not a cabinet shop, not a carpenter yeah. shop, not somebody who's using the saw all the time. But mm-hmm. um, when I think about, you know, if we were to have an accident, a single accident costs three to 10 times what the saw costs. So why wouldn't we just invest in it? Um, But I'm looking at like thirteen by the time no more like fourteen to fifteen hundred dollars for the this job site saw, and seventeen hundred dollars for a contractor saw. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I don't don't know the price point makes sense. Like why wouldn't you just get the contractor saw?
1: Probably just portability. I suppose. I' suppose, but yeah the the thing I did find interesting about that job site saw is they said the table is twenty four and a half inches wide, which is pretty good size for a job site saw you, you don't need yeah
0: you don't need a wide table you need a deep table
1: yes I'm sorry deep
0: okay okay yeah um then sorry, that deep. that is impressive because i yeah. i for years I had a bosch four thousand and that was I could be off base here but I'm Trying to remember, that was a, probably about 16 20. 18 inches deep, maybe, yeah, 20. So it was, maybe twenty. It was. I don't think two foot. Maybe
1: twenty. Yeah, that's what I started my woodworking career on. Yeah, I think you're about right. Eighteen to twenty inches, somewhere in that neighborhood.
0: For what it is, that's actually a fantastic saw, but um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it, that's what it is. It's a benchtop saw.
1: Yeah, it's a benchtop job side saw. So, so yes. Anyway, but um the other thing, the the, the uh the thing I might buy <laughs> is uh Lee Valley has come out with this uh Fertitas hand jointer. Um it is a basically a little um wooden fixture that they've come up. With it looks like it's been CNC that fits both their medium shoulder plane and their large shoulder plane, and allows you to basically use that like a manual jointer. In other words, you're taking small pieces of wood to this little fixture and jointing them using your um, your um, shoulder plane. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm looking, and so it's a hot forty-five dollars, which is, I think, quite reasonable.
1: Forty-five. Where are you looking at? I got thirty-six fifty.
0: I'm looking at the Lee Valley site. LeeValley.com, dot com. English. Oh, this is mm-hmm. Canadian. I'm I'm on the Canadian side. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> You're paying. These are
0: Canadian dollars. I don't want yeah. Canadian dollars. I want American dollars.
1: Yeah, that's the money with the holes in it. All right. Thirty six fifty. There's like two people that got yeah. that joke. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um thirty six fifty. Okay. Yeah. So it's available in Canada too. Um yes. <laughs> It's uh, it's a neat little thing. I yeah, I don't need one, but it's it's a really neat little thing. You don't need one
1: until you need one. <laughs>
0: That's exa- you know what that is exactly true. And at this yep. price point, it is the kind of thing where yeah, if you when you reach the point where you do need do need one, you just go out and get it. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing little pieces, like I bet you know what I bet this is good for. You know what this is good
1: for what chopsticks no <laughs> Kumiko Kumiko. yes it could be good for Kumiko Are, uh, get, getting those uh, getting those little pieces dialed right in yes
0: the, I'm looking at the picture right yeah. now and uh, on their website yeah, it looks like he's making Kumiko exactly. sticks exactly yeah. yeah he's got a little box there I think I think yeah. uh, they're trying to, to ride the Matt Kenny train without uh, without giving him any uh, any credit there
1: but, yeah well <laughs> at least they're not making the blocks
0: that's true <laughs> <laughs> Are there like four or five people making the blocks now?
1: I think so. I think they're like four or five now making the blocks. But uh, yeah, but you know, and I, th- I think it's neat that you got that one fixture that you can use for both the medium and the and the large shoulder plane. So that that's a nice touch there.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. does it have a mag? I, there's like a little recessed section in the middle that holds a plane blade. Because why wouldn't you want that?
1: Um, yeah.
0: Does it have a magnet in it? To hold the blade, like, in place?
1: Yes, yes. Wow. I don't know. If you look at their catalog, they have some other pictures of it used in a – the way the website has it, it's used in a horizontal position, but the catalog also has it clamped into a vice used in a vertical position. Mm-hmm. So you can clamp that lower part.
0: Right, 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 right. okay. Yeah. This, and this uh, – I'm going to give a live on-air – Reaction to their new website because this is the first time I've been on the new website as I'm looking at it right now. Um, I'm not sure that I like it.
1: I'm um, mixed results too. Um,
0: I understand and, the and it may they,
1: just be because I'm used to their old website. That's,
0: that's exactly it. Like I understand the direction yeah. they've gone, and it's clearly a mobile-friendly site, and it's got you know, yeah, pictures. And it looks nicer. And blah 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 blah. Yeah. But um, their old site had a kind of a not quite to the extreme, but it had kind of a McMaster car vibe to it.
1: Yes, it did. Um, Except they told you what their shipping charges are. Well,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so every time I order from a Master Car, I got to call them. All right, how much is this going to cost? <laughs> um.
0: But uh, but no, this I guess the site is okay.
1: Yes, you know I, I found
0: what I was looking for very quickly, so I really can't complain.
1: Um, yes. All right. Yeah.
0: So that. And- is that all that happened in the uh, in the Woodworking? That's world all that happened, but
1: I, I did want to I did want to give a shout out to uh, the Austin School of Furniture and Design. Of course, uh, um, they have a bunch of new classes that they put up, and uh, you might want to go out there and uh, check that out if you're anywhere in the Texas area. They have um, um, they've introduced um, well, upcoming is a uh, uh, in November is a Dutch tool chest class with our good friend, Patrick Brennan. And I've heard of him. You know,
0: I, know I know him.
1: I know him a little bit too. Um, <laughs> since he is grinding my drill bits for me. So, uh, shout out to Patrick. Is that a but, euphemism? Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, every time I... Send anybody an email or anything about one of my jigs, and I'm talking about you know, this requires a shaft, and we're talking holes. It's the entire email is a euphemism, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. But, um, I also want to highlight that in December, he's having a he's also doing a layout tool course. Oh, that's cool, where you make a square, a straight edge, and a um. Marky gauge, and it's one of those cool marking gauges that is kind of has that cam action, mm-hmm. you know, okay, where you I slide know. the yeah. head back and forth and lock it in place. So, so uh, that's pretty cool, and of course, um, they have their uh, other uh makers um you know they have a furniture making one course in december that philip morley teaches um i think they just finished up their introductory to marketing uh, marquetry which was this october but i'm sure we'll be offering that class again and of course they also have a uh kumiko class coming up so if you bought the uh veritas um jig there you could you know Use that in your Kumiko class. Or or maybe you could blow the instructor's mind because he hasn't used it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I'm sure they already have that stuff pre done for you. But you would uh, presume so. Yeah. And I think you actually get blocks in that class. If oh, it serves me right wow. or you at least buy them um, as part of the, the class. Well that so.
0: that's worth the airfare to Austin
1: alone. Exactly. So, um, but anyway, I want to give them a shout out, uh, to highlight some of those classes. And, you know, I, I say that I
0: don't mean yeah. to, uh, to tease the yeah. school too much. Um, quite yeah. frankly, I think it is probably worth flying to Austin to take the classes because the instruction and the facility are wonderful.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I, I have found on the interwebs.
0: Excellent. Uh, unfortunately what I have found lately are really good deals on large size adult down jackets for teenagers, (laughs) uh, which is not, not particularly relevant to, uh, the, the topic of this podcast. So, um, let's get back to wood.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you, so y'all, y'all are doing backpacking, right? Yeah. So you can, you know, make those wooden backpacks.
0: Um, is there a merit badge for that? There is a woodworking merit badge, which we'll be working on at some point in the future. But I'm going to just go out and suggest that due to the consideration of weight and uh, versus cargo capacity and comfort, that Mm -hmm. wooden backpacks are probably not backpacking appropriate. Huh.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So if I do recall...
1: um, Joshua Klein might disagree with you, but anyway.
0: (laughs) He might, and, and... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I want to say that Kyle Toth went through most of high school with a wooden backpack he made himself. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't mean to suggest they don't have their place, uh, but that place is not on our upcoming backpacking trip. That I'm sure of.
1: <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Well, with that, do you want to move on to our fortnightly beer choices? I would
0: love to, Kyle. And uh, I would like, uh, like to hear what you are enjoying because – I am going to close out this category with the longest name I have ever brought to the uh, to the arena
1: Okay, well, this was an impromptu recording, and I didn't have any beer on hand, but it is the first cold day here in the Gulf Coast, Texas area, which means we usually break out the vodka in celebration. So I've had a, a, a couple little tastes of a, of a, a pretty well known vodka, which is kind of our, our house vodka. It's the Tito's brand. I'm sure you can get that pretty much nationwide. It is a Texas-based bot vodka.
0: Oh yes, yes, Tito's. Yeah, yeah, Tito's. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So,
1: DiAmi, so what are you drinking?
0: I am drinking. Sloop Brewing presents Double Plus Good Citra Plus Cashmere Cashmere Plus Chinook, Double Dry Hopped Double IPA.
1: Wow. It that is indeed. a mouthful.
0: It is, and it's uh, it's delightful. It's I don't know uh, if it's you know it, the name could have been you know two words and it would still be delightful, mm-hmm. um, but it's a it's a good solid double IPA.
1: So uh, what what is it about eight nine percent? Um,
0: it's only eight.
1: Only eight. Okay, yeah,
0: it has more words than than alcohol.
1: <laughs> well, good. we well, get now. Who who did you say made that
0: sloop? Sloop Brewing, which is a little brewery out of Hopewell Junction, New York.
1: Okay, so probably fairly regional then.
0: Yes, yes. I'm, I'm sure it is a, a very regional brand. Um, but uh, this is I'm going to digress here a little bit, and I apologize if I'm uh, boring the listener. But I have a degree in English, and in one of my English classes, the English professor was absolutely enamored with the fact that one of my fellow students came from Hopewell Junction, New York. And she thought that Hopewell Junction was just like the perfect metaphoric name for a location. And I can't really disagree with that though. It's a little sappier than my tendencies go. I mm-hmm. uh, uh, tend not to be that sentimental, but um, still since attending that class, um, Hopewell Junction has always piqued my interest. And the fact that this is a very quality beer made in Hopewell Junction, uh, it's got a little special spot in my heart.
1: hmm Hopewell Junction. Yes. Yes. Sounds like a good setting for a murder mystery. Well, I'm thinking a Hallmark movie, but... No, 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 no. You, you got to go the other side of okay. that. Well, okay. Hallmark murder mystery movie. <laughs> 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 Don't know if they make such things. Well, um, with that, so um, where can uh, folks find you on the interwebs, Diami?
0: Well, I can be found at um, modernwoodworkersassociation.com, mm-hmm. at Diami Plotky on the Twitter, at Penultimate Woodshop on the Instagram, which is apparently is some second-tier social media platform that people use occasionally. Um, I've also Penultimate Beer. And sometimes I follow uh, Sean Wisniewski on most social media platforms where he is W 78
1: Ah, very good. I do, too. I do, too. We have that in common. So um, you can always find me on Instagram at Barton.Kyle. Which uh, is the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on whatever uh, podcatcher you use. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Absolutely. And just follow
0: us and listen. Um, We have a website, we have the podcast. Tell a friend. Enjoy woodworking. Go out and have fun. Um, for the time being, it's a Friday night as we record this. Hopefully you're not working too hard. Enjoy a beer with a name that's way longer than you can remember. And then when you're uh, in the morning, when nice and sober, go out and make something fun in the shop. Skype has a little chat and at least I couldn't tell you which version of Skype I'm using but down in the bottom there's this little like show reactions button and it's a heart and if you put on it it's a, a smiley face and different reactions and, and just notice that the heart icon is pulsing as we're talking